eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is the weekend. It's May 1st. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Uh, Thank goodness because April was long, cold, and rainy for us here in the Northeast. Hope you are enjoying your first day of May. May Day. Uh, Let's tell you what's up for this weekend. We have a wonderful guest, a young man named Gork Ng and young, really young. Uh, he works at Harvard Business School. You know, he's a career coach. He went to Harvard. He's got a zillion things. But he wrote a book that caught our attention. And it's called The Unspoken Rules, Secrets to Starting Your Career Off Right. Now, why did we find this interesting? First of all, May, actually, people are really going to graduate. And I think that a lot of the advice in this book is really important, especially if you're starting a career after feeling disconnected and you will be doing so in a very strange environment, maybe not even being in the exact same location as the other folks starting. So this advice is really evergreen, but especially now as we think about what it must be like for, you know, a 22-year-old to start work without actually seeing other people except on a Zoom, the advice is great. So here is the first part of our interview with Gorik Ng. I want to talk about your mother. I loved your mother. I wanted to hear so much more about her in the book because you say that you were raised by a single mother. She sounds like a pretty tough broad, as they say. So tell (laughs) us about your mom. Yeah, she is she's my role model. Um, and she's made me the person that I am today. She dropped out of school when she was 12 years old to support her brothers through high school. She was born and raised in Hong Kong. And she spent her entire career working as a sewing machine operator. That was at least until I was around 14 years old when her factory went through a downsizing. She was laid off. And I, as the person in the house who knew how to get onto the internet, who was proficient at English, 
became the person to step up and to help my mom get back on her feet. She ended up switching careers. She ended up working in a daycare as an early child care assistant. But we're still very close. I stay in touch with her on a regular basis. I just taught her how to get on an iPhone <laughs> and to WhatsApp me. So we're, we're still tight. I love that you just start off pretty clearly with something you call the three C's. What are those three C's? The three C's stand for competence, commitment, and compatibility. And the idea is this, when you show up in a job or really in an interview setting as well, your coworkers, managers, partners, and clients, they're sizing you up and they're asking themselves three questions. One, can you do your job well? Which is what I call competence. Are you excited to be here? Which is what I call commitment. And finally, do we get along? Which is what I call compatibility. So compatibility, competence, commitment, the three C's. Your job, all of our jobs, is to convince the people around us to answer yes to all three questions all the time. And that's the, the framework for the book that then feeds into what does that look like on your first day? What does that look like in one-on-ones with your manager? What does that look like when you're navigating workplace politics or setting yourself up for a promotion, even if your company doesn't have a career ladder for you? I like that also in this part of the book, you talk about the challenge about compatibility. Because then, you know, if you think about compatibility, that's how you end up with like a weird white boy bro culture in some organizations. Like, hey, he just gets us. He gets along with us. So talk a little bit about how you you build that that notion of compatibility if you are different. You might be LGBTQ. You might be a person of color. You might be Asian. You might be all those things. And maybe you're working in an environment that's really like white boy. How do you manage that? That's tough. And it, it was in the compatibility section that I injected framework after framework after framework where there isn't a clear cut answer. And this is really speaking to my philosophy towards a lot of this, a lot of this content where I can't be the one to tell you how you should live your life, but I can provide ways of approaching situations that may otherwise feel uncomfortable and novel. So a few things off the top of my head here is one, just recognize that compatibility is essential, but it's also going to be a challenge if you don't look like, talk like, or have the same backgrounds and interests as those around you, where you might show up on a first day and be a part of a meeting and you're sitting in on that seemingly optional but not actually optional pre-meeting small talk. Mm. And you know, people are talking about sports, they're talking about their skiing trip, they're talking about whatever class they just went to and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I can't relate to any of this. And I've interviewed and I've myself found myself in this situation quite a bit where the instinct is to just stay quiet because I have nothing useful to, to contribute in this setting where the advice that I've gotten from people who've struggled, but who've since overcome these unfamiliar and quite frankly, nerve wracking situations is to show interest, is to maybe ask a question to say, oh, how was that trip? And using that as an entry point for getting to know your coworkers, you don't necessarily need to say all the time, oh yeah, I did that exactly same activity just this past weekend, of course, that would take you to a different level in terms of compatibility. But if you can't, simply showing interest can go a long way. The other thing I would say is around taking advantage of your first degree 
relationships, your second degree relationships, and your third degree relationships. Your first degree relationships are the people who are around you already and that you are already familiar with. So these are folks who are part of your team who may be on the same Zoom call. Your second degree relationships are people that you don't yet know, but that you could get introduced to. And LinkedIn and other platforms are a good tool for this where you can see who is connected to whom. And you can, as a result, ask for an introduction to someone you couldn't have otherwise met. And then finally, for those third degree relationships, thinking about who can potentially see me as a younger version of themselves, where could they have gone to the same college, had the same extracurricular activities, grew up in the same hometown, had similar internships or prior experiences, where all you need to do is drop in that first sentence, like you, I blank. I also went to this college. I also studied this major. I also did X, Y, and Z. Those little gestures can go a long way towards expanding your circle and can also help you build relationships with people in the organization and around the organization, even if the people that are around you may not be ones that you're compatible with immediately. You know, you are a career advisor at Harvard College. So tell me about what you think is the mistake that a lot of um, young people make when they first get on the job. Like, what is it that they don't quite get when, you know, they're obsessively trying to get interviews? And I know this is in the weird times right now, but just in general, what's your experience with the mistakes that they're making? Yeah, that's a, a common topic of conversation here. And I would say... It has to do with looking at the job search from your point of view as the job seeker rather than from the recruiter or the hiring manager or the company's point of view. And I'll split this up into both the job search and on the job, where when it comes to applying to jobs, often students will think to themselves and to articulate to the other person, this is what I want out of this experience. These are the experiences I'm looking for. I'm interested in X, Y, and Z. And there's a lot of I speak in that cover letter and in that interview where <laughs> regrettably, you know, the other side, yes, they care about giving you a good experience. They care that you care enough about the mission of the organization that you'd do well and you'd hopefully want to stay. But in the end, to put this ruthlessly, I mean, they're running a business and they're interested in increasing the revenues and decreasing their costs if they're in the private sector. And so what some job seekers do, but frankly, not many, is put themselves in the shoes of their future manager or even from the perspective of the CEO and ask themselves, what are their top priorities? What are the problems they're trying to solve? What matters to those who matter? And in what way can I be useful to the people who matter? And so when it comes to thinking about the interview setting, presenting yourself as someone who has essentially done a similar role before or has some sort of knowledge that the company doesn't have but could benefit from. One of the things that's interesting is that you have a different mindset as a student, especially people who are, you know, they're really into school. And what happens at school is you go to a class, a professor gives you an assignment, you fulfill the assignment, you kick ass, you do great, blah, 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 right? So you wait for your instructions. What you point out is that the move from school to work is that move between I'll wait for instructions and I'll figure it out. So I'm just wondering, you know, 
how can we help people figure it out more seamlessly? In other words, I think a lot of young people are nervous about asking for help on one hand, and then they want to figure it out, but then they can't. So where's the balance there? Yeah, that's a, a great question. And one that I would say every single one of us probably finds ourselves in, in a new job, where there's this cliche out there, which is the cliche of there's no such thing as a stupid question. And, and yet there is. <laughs> and yet there is, exactly. There is a stupid question. It's the question that you could have found the answer to on your own. Now, that's tricky because your coworkers are going to have had more experience than you. They're going to find some topics to be common sense when it is really unfamiliar to you. And so when it comes to asking for help in the workplace and to be proactive, there's this whole song and dance that I talk about, which I call do and show your homework, which is to say, when you have a question, you need to go through your emails, your shared folders, Google for the answer yourself, and then to go to a coworker. And when you're going to that coworker, you're showing your homework by saying, John, I'm trying to sort this thing out. I've done this, 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 and this, and I still can't figure out the answer. What am I missing? Mm, so that's what so smart. It's this whole song and dance, though, of proving to people that, hey, this by definition can't be a stupid question because I've exhausted all my options before involving you. So applying this, this technique can turn a, an uncomfortable situation into more of a collaborative conversation. I want to move a little bit to this idea um, of we're working virtually. And, you know, I presume that you started writing most of this book before lockdown and then mm. you added back some stuff. So I want you to talk a little bit about what it's like to start a new job, whether you're young or you're old, amid a, a pandemic when work is remote and what is important in that process that has to get done. Like you don't have an office, you're not getting the the mentoring necessarily that yet you might get in a casual way. So what do you need to do to reach out to people? And what's the way that you don't seem like a pest in doing so? I, I would bring us back to the three C's where there are certain things that you can do from a competence perspective, from a compatibility perspective, and from a commitment perspective. The first, before I even dive in there, is that it is difficult, especially if you're working in an environment where you have some coworkers who've already gotten to know each other prior to the pandemic and can see each other in three dimensions versus just two. It's going to be difficult to integrate yourself into that pre-existing click, if you will. They mm -hmm. may already have their texting groups. They may have their exclusive Slack channels. So you're going to have to, to really break in there. When it comes to those three C's, when I think about competence, there's so much that all of us are handling on a daily basis where asking questions can be both a commitment building exercise, but also can be disruptive for other people. So the, the, the unspoken rule I apply there is bundle and escalate, where resist the urge to go to a coworker immediately with every question that comes your way. Instead, bundle up, let's say five, six questions. You're asking six questions in one sitting versus six questions, six separate times. And at the same time, you're doing and showing that homework. So you're proving that this is by definition, not a stupid question. That's on the competent side. On the commitment side, one of the things, especially if you work 
in a white collar profession that's high stress, high pace, is you'll probably be familiar with the notion of FaceTime or always being on. Where prior to COVID, there's this unspoken rule of being the first in the office and the last to leave and making sure that you're always seen at your desk when your manager is around. Well, what does that look like in the age of remote work? It depends certainly on the style of your coworkers and your managers, but I would be mindful of responsiveness, where if your coworkers' patterns of behavior are to respond to emails within five minutes and you are responding to emails, let's say, every few hours, there may be something toxic about that work environment. So I, I wouldn't want to say that you know this is a one-size-fits-all, but I would be mindful of what signals am I sending based on my responsiveness? And what is that potentially conveying to people around my perceived commitment? And I say perceived commitment because there's a difference between obviously your actual commitment and how committed you look like you are. So that's it for the pod. Tomorrow, part two with Gorik Ng. We'll be going over some of those unspoken rules and the secrets to starting your career off right. If you've got a question about a career or maybe your kid's starting a career or maybe you need some tips about figuring out how to re-enter a physical workspace, give us a holler. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Want to remind you to wash your hands, to wear those masks, especially if you're inside, and maintain your physical distancing, especially for those of you who are not fully vaccinated. Do something nice for someone else today. It'll make that person feel so good, and I promise it will also make you feel good. Talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.